Welcome to It Is Rough Out There, the final season. The final season. Aww. I know. It's been really fun. I'm, I think I'm actually going to miss it. I'm going to miss it, but I'm sure that we're going to do some sort of new adventure. Some something else. Yeah. I know that, like Kelly and Kim in the convertible. Yeah. We never did anything because our lives changed so dramatically, but I yeah. still think there's something to that. I think what happened is like we had the same schedule, like work schedule for so long that we were able to do stuff. And I think COVID, you know, um, gave us the ability to do so many things together. But now we have completely different jobs and completely different schedules and And we're completely different lives. (laughs) Yeah. And we're trying to fight to find time to spend with each other, which is really hard, which is a bummer. Things change all the time. So maybe we'll be able to. Figure it out eventually. Right. What happened to your hand? Uh, I got stung by a bee. Oh, geez. Those darn yellow jackets, they're like, they make these nests in the ground, which I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so I I actually had the bee spray Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, look. And it wasn't honeybees. They were Mm -hmm. definitely yellow jackets. They were definitely angry. Mm -hmm. And when I sprayed the nest, I soaked it. I used the whole can and only like three bees were flying around and Mm -hmm. there were like 25 dead ones in the hole. Oh, geez. And then I was walking away and all of a sudden I was like, what? (gasps) And there was a bee on my thumb and apparently, or on my finger. And so- what happened was it stung so close to the knuckle. There's like mm-hmm. no room in there is what the oh. doctor said. Yeah. So the next day I was watching television in the morning and I was watching my hand swell like a whole day later. Well, it looks red and yeah. swollen. It's still swollen. It's still red. I, I've been stung. I hadn't been stung by a bee in over 10 years. Mm-hmm. I got, I've been stung four times this summer. Oh, wow. Oh I my know. gosh. I got stung once admiring someone's beehive and that was a honeybee. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I was reaching into a little library uh, over the summer and I p- picked up a book which knocked the little hornet's nest that was under the shelf mm-hmm. down onto my hand. I got stung twice. And then this one. Is there uh, like a good remedy for people if they get stung by a bee? Like what's the first thing that you should do? Yell and swear a lot. (laughs) I tried everything to relieve the pain. Tylenol and prednisone Mm -hmm. was what worked. And, you know, definitely watch it for, I never expected it to get infected like that or get, I don't know, whatever it was that happened. So, yeah, but it's, it's better now. Good. Um, take uh, one of the things she said was, which surprised me, was take a what is the um, Claritin and what's the other one? Zyrtec. Zyrtec. So she said, take a Zyrtec. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work, call me tonight and we'll get you on prednisone and you'll just take it for like a day and it'll mm-hmm. just make the swelling go away and kind of cut down on what was going on in your yeah. in your finger. So oh geez. Anyways, but it's better. It's just getting a little itchy now. Which yeah, is par for the course. Right. That happens for sure. It does. So what we decided to do since the main reason we decided to do this podcast was because... Way back in the beginning. Way back in the beginning, uh, a dog park was being opened and the ability to meet with people during COVID 
was not possible to discuss the rules and kind of like safety measures more, right. really more than rules. They're, they're, they're for the safety of all involved. Right. Even though they're not popular. Right. They're not popular. And people constantly question us on the rules. And we have to say we met for long periods of time with very um, specialized people in the dog field to go over these rules. So it's not like we're just like, yeah, let's just make up that rule because that sounds good. Because we're jerks and we want nobody to have a good time. Yeah. We want everybody that goes to the park to feel safe and secure, and feel that their dog is having a good time. And so one of the rules that has been probably, I would say, the number one rule that has been contentious, I think is the word, yeah, uh, is children in the park, coming in the park. And not only children, but infants in, right. in and baby toddlers. carriers, toddlers, babies in carriages, um, Things like that. And I know that you and I have been in the park a bazillion times, and I've been knocked over Yep, at the park. And I'm a sturdy woman. I can get up and laugh and, you know, joke about it. But if a child is in the park and gets knocked over, that c- that can be more serious. I'm more, I, I think I, like, I, I totally agree with you. I don't disagree one bit about that. But the part that I worry about the most is I have a dog who isn't around children. Right. And I don't know what she would do. Like, she's not unpredictable. She's a love. She's adorable. She, everybody loves her. She loves everybody. But she's nervous. And mm-hmm. when we have company and there's someone in the house that's, you know, even just acts a little different than Mm -hmm. you or I. Like we have, my kids have a friend who, you know, she like can jump over the couch and she's full of joy and happiness and she's an adult, a young Mm -hmm. adult. But when she's over, Sophie gets nervous because she doesn't act like the stick in the muds that we are, like sitting on the couch and conversing and not hooping it up and, you know, things like that. So that's my dog, but right. there's a lot of other dogs in the park. So if someone came came into the park with children and they have, I've left yeah, because I just don't know. And I think that that's, you know, the part where kids' eyes meet dogs' eyes is just, that's the part I think about the most is mm-hmm. like, it could challenge a dog in a way that you have no idea how they're going to respond, even if your dog is completely friendly. Right. Or maybe you have a new rescue. I hear that a lot in it. The hair on my neck stands up when I hear people say, well, we were on our way home from Rhode Island picking up a dog in the parking lot from a rescue. And then we brought them to the dog park. here on the way home. Right. (laughs) Right. I know. It's like you don't even know that dog yet. You don't know who else is at the park. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think it's just that, that and a ton of discussion similar to this with professionals is what led us to the no kids in the park role. Right. Another thing that um, is really important to mention is that we've had kids in the park, and and you and I both have witnessed this, is children running, chasing dogs. With sticks. With sticks, um, chasing after dogs, screaming. And it's fine if somebody wants to do that in a controlled environment, like their own yard. Right. With their own kids and their own dog or the neighbor's dog. Right. That you know really well. When you come to the dog park, it's essentially like going to the airport. Mm -hmm. And would you eat lunch with everyone you met in the airport? Probably not. Right. 
Well, and I think too, what's important to remember is that not every dog is appropriate for the dog park, number one. Some dogs just don't love being with other dogs. And the dog park is essentially a playground for dogs. It's not a playground for kids. It's not a playground for adults. It's a playground for our dogs to have a good time. Nora is protesting. (laughs) (laughs) That was Nevi. So, you know, I think it's important for... Oh, now they're both involved. Now they're both (laughs) involved. Now, Nora and Neve are two lovely little dogs, but they do not like the dog park whatsoever. They find it very overwhelming. They find it very stressful. They... Well, if you were the size of my foot... You yeah. might too. <laughs> yeah, they're both about they're both about not eight nine pounds. Um, they find it very overwhelming. Um, so, and they're great dogs. They're very lovely. They like other dogs. Super balanced. Super balanced. But I don't take them because they just don't have a fun time. Um, so that's basically why we don't want um, children in the park. Um, what's another thing that? Uh, we could discuss. Oh, about let's the talk park. about the toys. Yeah. Behavior changes, sicknesses, like where yeah. do we begin? Yeah. Uh, we've had a lot of people say, you know, I bring my dog to the park and I want to throw the ball to them. That's all well and good if you and your dog are the only one in the park and nobody else is there and you're just there to do that particular thing. But when other dogs come in, we've seen this time and time again, other dogs can become very aggressive with right. toys. They can become possessive. They can guard. I've seen that yeah. at the park. Yeah, we've seen it a lot. Um, also, too, um, people you know, have asked why no toys. Another reason is because of illness. Right. Um, if you can imagine the mouth and saliva of dogs and having you know, a ball in their mouth, there's so much um, saliva and drool and all that. And that's where we can uh, see things like Kennel Kennel cough, cough. (laughs) the number one big, huge germ spreader um, at any place. And kennel cough is wildly contagious. I believe my vet even told me it's airborne. I mean, it's the common cold. It's not like a, this place is dirty kind of a disease. No. It it is super communicable like the cold. So like when you've ever heard of your kid or someone's kid at daycare and the plague is going around, it's the same thing. Yeah. And it's so easily spread between water bowls, balls, chew toys, all the things. And let's like not forget to mention the tennis ball thing because I've never done the research because my dogs were never ball mm-hmm. freaks. <clears throat> but um, the tennis ball thing, there's a whole thing about like the contents of a tennis ball is very bad for dogs and their teeth. And I don't know enough about it to speak on it like articulately, mm-hmm. but I do know it's a big thing. So definitely look up the tennis ball thing because every quarter or so someone comes and dumps a bucket of tennis balls in the dog park. Right. And we wind up picking them up and throwing them away. Right. Somebody, um, uh, a professional that I worked with, one of the veterinarians told me that the material made for tennis balls is made for playing tennis. It's not right. made for dogs' mouths. Right. And the material is very abrasive and can sometimes do damage to their teeth and the inside of their mouth. I've seen like golden retrievers. I remember years ago working at the vet, I would see golden retrievers and they would have like their teeth would be rounded mm-hmm. on because it's like sandpaper. Yeah. And they would be dogs that were, you know, crazy about 
a tennis ball. Yeah. So that's why we don't love toys in the park. And we, um, it's know. probably just what we know are the reasons why. There's right. probably more to that. Story oh, I'm sure. Too. I'm sure. Because it's been a while since we even had those conversations. Right. But um, let's talk about leashing your dog from the car to the gate. That's really important. Um, our do- our particular dog park is on a very very busy street, very busy street, and people are going maybe forty miles an hour plus easily easily on that street. We've had many times where people have gotten out of their car and they have no control over their dogs, and the dogs are running towards the street. And it makes I've been there when this has happened, and it makes me like I have such agita about yeah. this because. I can see a dog getting hit by a car. Easily. And I think that is one of my biggest nightmares. And I would, I have, working in the ER field over the years, we have seen so many dogs that have been hit by a car. Let me tell you people, it's not a pretty sight. No. It's very unpleasant. Well. And your dog may not survive. So we Nora's highly, <laughs> yeah, Nora's here. We highly, um, advise that, you know, your dog, Nora, seriously, (laughs) we highly, um, advise that your dogs be leashed before entering the park and upon leaving. Exiting the park. yeah. Yeah. It's so important. You know, let's, you know, let's not, not mention the fact that we have a leash law in town. Right. And the law says the only place a dog can be off of a leash and under control is in your property or inside the dog park. Right. Not in the hot sidewalk between your car and the and the gate. Right. And there have been many times that I've, you know, mentioned to people, hey, just so you know, there's, you know, leash law and we please ask that you leash. I might not so pleasant about it. And, and I get told off. Yeah. Expletive, expletive, expletive. Who are you? Yeah. You have no right. Right, right. But we just, because Kelly and I have seen the other side of a right. lot of these things. And we don't want you to have to go through the pain and agony of losing your dog. Or the expense. Or the expense. Of like repairing your dog. Right. Or the fact that your dog could take off and be lost. Oh, no. Is is that not is that not a thing, Kelly? Totally a thing. Yeah. So totally a thing. Yeah. Kelly knows. one whole episode about what do you do in the first six hours when you rescue a dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's re- it's important information for sure. Um, what do you what do we got next? Uh, oh, this is a good one. And proof of current rabies. I think I carry mine in the glove box in my car. I don't always have it on my persons, but I do have it in my car because I would hate that if for some reason either my dog got bit or bit someone. Um, I didn't have that information. And then that way we all know where it is and we can find it quickly and swiftly. So no one has to go through any terrible rabies series because I don't have proof of vaccine on my dog. Mm -hmm. I actually took a picture of all of their um, rabies certificates and I have it in my phone so that if I ever have to. If I do that though, where do you put that amongst the, you know, 2,000 photographs? Oh, you can, you can um, sort it. You can make an album. You can just call it rabies album. Rabies album. Yeah. I might have a rabies album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We, we ask dogs be legally licensed, especially in our town because it's the law. 
Right. And Natick has town clerk's offices open late on Thursday nights, so there's no excuse. Right. You can do it online. If you can't do it online, you can walk right in and say, I got to license my dog. Just bring uh, something from your vet that says they've, they're vaccinated and fixed. Right. And we ask that your dog is rabies vaccinated because, say, for instance, you know, your dog is out in your backyard having a grand old time on your property and something wild bites it. And you don't realize this and this, you know, this it happens goes back to it's called an accident for a reason. This right. is all prevention. Right. So if your dog is is bitten by something and you don't realize it and it's it's wild and it has rabies, then you take your dog to the dog park and it runs around and then it decides that it's just going to nip the ear of one of the other dogs in the park. Your dog could have passed on the rabies virus if it is not rabies vaccinated to another dog. And then we have a whole other situation going on. The state of Massachusetts is very strict about rabies management and making sure that we all vaccinate our dogs, cats, and ferrets. Ooh, a ferret. Yes. Well, it's interesting because, you know, people say, well, we really don't have that anymore, but we don't have it because these these protections have been in place for decades, like yeah. since I was a kid, at least. I was listening to PBS the other day, radio, and they were talking about how, you know, we've we've gotten into a situation where people don't want to vaccinate themselves or their children. Now they're just, it does. Now they're deciding that they're not going to be vaccinating for their pets. And for the rabies vaccine, that is super dangerous because there is no, but there is no, absolutely no cure. Right. So if your right. dog gets rabies and you don't vaccinate your, your pet because you don't believe in it, your, your, your dog's not going to, or cat or ferret is not going to survive if right. they've been attacked by a wild animal that has rabies. And if you've ever treated Parvo, which is another one of the vaccines. Oh, Parvo. Yeah. I have. I had a Corgi who had it and, you know, you never want to be there. It's expensive, yeah. it's harrowing, it's touch and go, it's all of those things. And yeah. his was, it was a freak situation of, you know, his vaccine had lapsed, we had an appointment on the calendar, and we went to the Cape. Yeah. And when we were at the Cape, he got really, really, really sick. And if you have to hospitalize your pet because they have like such severe diarrhea from the Parvo virus. Which we did. It can be over $6,000. It was. Probably today, oh in this day and yeah. age, it would be probably over $6,000. Not only that, if you don't protect your dog um, or cat from the heartworm um, worm that can get infected into their heart, that can be very expensive to treat as well. Right. So, um, you know. Well, the the Parvo thing was terrible, and I don't wish it on anybody. And I will say to, also that your dog is going to be hospitalized in isolation, mm -hmm. which means alone. Right. So who wants to put that on their dog? It's I a very, mean, very stressful, stressful situation. And Parvo is here. It's it is. not even something that's like, well, it's rare, and it isn't. It's no. here. It's all the time. Kim and I hear stories all the time of people either getting a puppy or their dog went somewhere and was in the woods hiking, whatever. Like, it's here. Yeah. That was one of the big things because we just got a puppy in June. Um, 
And that was like one of my biggest things is not exposing him to any other dogs until he had all of his um, his distemper and parvo and that series of vaccinations because, you know, it's really important. I don't want my dog to die. I mean, period. That's what we're talking about, life or death. Right. And for some of these vaccines, it is life or death. Yeah. All right. Is Neve barking at the mailman? No, Neve likes to bark at people that walk by. She's definitely the An alarmist. The the Yorkie watchdog. Well, Nora's over here and she's just kissing me. Nevy. Nevy. Yeah. So we're going to sign off for this episode of some of the rules at your dog park and our dog park. And we've got Kelly, Nora, the Maltese, and Neve, the Yorkie, and Kim, and then little Tully in the pen, recovering from his neuter. Having a rest. Having a rest. And what do we always say? Thank Thank you you for keeping keeping us out of the dog dog park. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, folks. It is rough out there.